Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out, UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarists and bassists alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com. Tuning into the Metal Forge, I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning in. It is Friday, July 30th, and I am your host, Mark Jackson, and you're tuning into the Metal Forge at high noon at MetalForgeRadio.com or wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you all dropping in today. I have The Hell You Say coming on, uh, Beanie and Josh from that band, Awesome Cats. Um, I'm sure you all have met them somewhere before, you know, they've been around for a long time awesome dudes though i appreciate them calling in awesome stuff going on this past uh, weekend metal kill them all and ride the lightning both uh turned respectively 37 and 36 years old this year two of the best thrash metal albums of all time i was only able to make it out to the friday night show of metal fest i know i said that i was going to try and make it for the whole weekend due to health reasons i couldn't go back on saturday uh, it was super hot Friday night, and I really commend uh, Mike Taylor's sound and everybody who were able to stick it out for the entire weekend because it was a fucking scorching son of a bitch over the weekend. I really spent Saturday night dead on my ass, but as I've gotten older, it's been a little bit harder, and I hate that fact, you know, but I'm trying. Awesome bands on Friday night, Cross Joint, SWP, Fudge Knuckle, of course, was fucking awesome. Juke Joint Revival was fucking amazing. Pretty much everybody was on their game that night, and it was so awesome. I can only imagine, you know, what I missed on the Saturday. But all of that uh, aside, you know, hell yeah. How are you guys? I hope you all are doing well uh, amidst everything. I know there's some states out there that are uh, reinstituting uh, bands and... Uh, closing again, you know, Kentucky being one of them, where they've reinstituted a bar ban and um, diminished capacity again in restaurants. 
going back down to 25% capacity, which sucks. You know, I just, and I think we all are really tired and just really want everything to go back to what we refer to as normal. Uh, but we've got to get through this shit, you know, and it, and it takes everybody, you know, wear your masks, wear, wear your gloves. Don't throw the shit on the ground. Be safe. Be smart. As cliche as this has got to sound, you got to look and stay positive, you know, because there's that meme that's out there is, you know, be kind to people because somebody is fighting a battle you know nothing about kind of thing. And, you know, where we're all fighting this battle, it's definitely hard on a lot of people, you know, and if you do want to talk or anything, send me an email, send me a message on the platforms. I don't care. I will talk to you. I will, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, send me a message. Metalforgeradio at gmail.com. And, you know, fuck, bend my ear. Uh, that's what I'm here for. That's what I like to do. I like to listen to people. I like to converse with people. So in the upcoming weeks, I do have some awesome shows coming up. There's a band from uh, Sweden called Germ Bomb that I'm working with to try and get an interview set up. Uh, that's going to be really fucking cool. Uh, Metal Forge goes overseas again this year. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I can't wait for it. Also, I'm going to have kind of sword and sorcery D&D style uh, band Throne of Iron coming on next week. They're from uh, Indiana. Fucking awesome music. I, you know, it's, you, I think you're just going to love it. You know, it's, it's so fucking cool. On top of that, I have uh, Cleveland, Ohio's Destructor, thrash metal at its finest coming on this, this month as well, along with Eric from Misanthropic Records coming on towards the end of the month. So it's a packed jam, jam packed fucking month and it's going to be awesome. So tune in. Every Friday, high noon, um, and if you're a member of the Patreon, uh, or if you're a subscriber to the Patreon page, it's typically up to 48 hours in advance now. Usually on Wednesdays at noon is when the show drops to the Patreon subscribers. And that's for any tier. And I know I'm, I'm, you hear me say this every week, but it really is. If you put go on there and just put in a dollar, you get an episode two days in advance along with some other stuff. You know, if you do the $5, I know I'm sending out patches for that, uh, mentioning your name on the air type shit. You know, it, there's so many different things on there. It's uh, patreon.com slash metalforgeradio. But enough of my yakking, as Marty DeBergie would say. Let's get this show on the fucking road. This is the hell you say.
All right, and I'm being joined on the line with the hell you say. What's going on, guys? Hello. Hey, nothing. So introduce. What are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good. So introduce ourselves here uh, to the Metal Forge land. Josh, start us off, buddy. All right, uh, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Joshua. I play bass, and then uh, we got Beanie over here. I'm Beanie over street. I'm the singer screamer guy. Singer screamer guy is that that technical screamer, term screamer for that? Guy. Screamer guy would probably be better. I don't sing a lot. <laughs> it's it's metal, dude. You don't have to. Exactly. You know, I dig it. I appreciate that. <laughs> so tell everybody out there about the hell you say. Oh man, um, I'm referring to Josh to start with because he is one of uh, your original guy, right? You were there from Go. Uh. T- I'm, I was there from the first show. I wasn't one of the original members. Well, I joined before we played our first show. So. Where it starts, man. Right, yeah. Um, so, the hell you say? Um, we are nothing if not loud and unusual, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how. It's completely It's always hard to, you know, like, how do you... How do you explain your, your own band? We're, uh, um, I always we're loud and... That somebody else has used to describe us, and I've heard it several times. So I like the word visceral. That's the one that always. I always I've heard. Vis- I've heard unhinged. I like that one a lot. Nice. Right yeah. on. That that is a good one. I would. I would definitely say that. I've I've heard scary. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of movement on stage, and uh, and things going on while we play that are. Uh, my wife is like is, says she's always waiting to see something bad happen. Right. Oh, we're 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 absolutely dangerous to ourselves. There's yeah, no so you've got it looks like here looking at your uh Bandcamp page, you've got a single and a full length album called A Lifetime of Chasing Ghosts. Yeah. Tell me about the the writing process of you know uh, of doing an album because I'm always fascinated, you know, how things come about. Yeah, There's two different stories here. Josh should tell his story first because mine's gonna be substantially different. Right. Yeah, it, it actually, I, I know part. So, uh, Vini, uh, replaced our original singer, uh, basically probably three quarters of the way into the writing process of, of this album. And, uh, Chris and I kind of write everything kind of piecemeal. Like, you know, we'll, uh, uh, we'll write a song or a riff and then we'll, we'll expand on that until we get a song out of it. And then we go to another, another riff later on down the road. So all the songs sound like, you know, like the same people writing them, but they're not necessarily the same ideas. So the album doesn't sound, doesn't have an overall theme sonically, I don't think, except for it's, uh, um, it's just, uh, it's just Chris and I writing. So like, I think you hear a lot of different influences and things, but we wrote that album. I mean, I mean, some of those riffs are probably 10 years old and some of them were like three weeks old when, when we recorded. So, you know, it's a, a long, a long process. I heard someone famous say, you know, like, You've got your entire life to write your first album, right? So and that's kind of what that encompasses. Like, cause we've all been in relatively like moderately popular or well-known bands before, and this is kind of the stuff that we like held on to. They're like, oh, you know, I like that riff, and then you know, the band I'm in now doesn't really like we like don't doesn't like it or can't use it, so it just canned in the back of our head. And when this project came about, we had a bunch of stuff left over that was like, hey, I really like this riff. You know, the old band I was in, uh, it, it didn't work out for them. How do you like this? And we were, and more often than not, we're like, oh, that's cool. That's weird. Let's use that. Definitely. Because there's always a, a time and a place for something. Yeah. You know, uh, Frank Green had said to me one time, 
And this was after, you know, they had already become popular with uh, their album, uh, Bitter Shovel and stuff like that. But he said they were signed to like a, a two or three album deal. And I said, why don't you just, you know, record everything right then and then just put it out? And he said, well, you can't really do that because what's popular now might not be popular three years from now. And I, and I took that to heart about the thing of, you know, always keep your riffs, always keep your ideas because just because right now it might, you might not be able to use it. doesn't mean anything in a year or two. Yeah. If, and that's, that's kind of, yeah, we do, we do as well. Like, like if we, if we get a riff together that like, that we get that sounds decent, we, we actually record it like just like, like, like demo style like, or, or on everyone's phone. And when we give it a name, and uh, like just a random name, either like a band that we think it sounds like, or I'm a fan of giving it ridiculously uh, odd, uh, like giving the rest really <laughs> odd names. Like I'll give oh. I give it names like I'll make up I make up names that are like people's names. Uh, like um, I think on some of the last album, some of the names, some of the riffs are like Fabrizius and Ephraim. <laughs> you know, so, so like when you look at, at our board when we're writing songs, you see like like Ephraim three times, and then after that, you'll see like a uh, slow the chariot, and then like you, you know, then you'll see like a uh, um, the next riff will say like Ephraim backwards, and then that's kind of how we we write. Oh, and he gives them these ridiculous names, and I've taken it on as the vocal guy writing the lyrics too, to to try to shoehorn these names into it, keeping the names of the songs and making them like relevant to what we do, and that's that's been both a joy and a challenge <laughs> wow see and i uh, i guess you know i don't know if you've listened to the show or not before but that is always a, i love to ask that question or what are some of the working titles you've ever had for songs and what's some of the most ludicrous working titles you've ever had i think we only have ludicrous song titles I think only ludicrous is part i think that's part and parcel of kind of what we do is 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 here's these completely like serious things. Let's make them as ridiculous as possible. <laughs> and we're we're all very tongue in cheek and very like we're all dads. So we all have a lot of dad oh jokes. So all of the song titles are all really just like the like the song uh, "Righty Tidy." I think it's the last song on the album. <laughs> Every time we write it, we spell the name. We spell the two words differently. Oh yeah. No. Um, so every piece of text with that song on it is written. I mean, phonetically, I think I think he's dabbled in hieroglyphics at one point. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh. And we uh, we made a joke recently that we're gonna from now on we're only going to name all the songs uh, one liners or inside jokes of uh, of members of the cast of SNL's non SNL <laughs> movies. Absolutely. Wow, that that would be really awesome. And even those have been just through some of the shows we played and everything. Uh, one of our newer tracks is is uh, No Black Cats, and it's one of those things we haven't even recorded yet. But it's it's one of those things we've been working on. We had some pretty infamous uh, uh, dealings with sound men, and it is morphed into No Blake Cats over a gentleman who particularly gave us grief about our our approach to uh, playing live. <laughs> really? So it just everything continuously morphs into something else. And then the name No Black Cats originally comes from the Joe Dirt, like, like No Black Cats, No Screaming Meanies, No, like, that thing. Which is a tag back to uh, an episode a couple of weeks ago where we sit there and said Snakes and Sparklers. 
Right. Because <laughs> it's the only one they like. <laughs> uh, if I can jump into what we were just talking about, as far as I came into this, this perfectly good, like the hell you say as a band, when I first came into it, they were really good. Uh, their old lead singer, Jeremy, was this guy who really had a command of the like sort of guttural noise that goes on. But he could also sing and had these beautiful melodic parts. He really did an awesome job. And when I came in, I was kind of like not I was hesitant to try to to uh, uh, copy that and go into do what he was doing. So I really like I kind of dumbed him down a little bit. And it was just like, what if we were just really mean all the time? Like, what if it was just the, the, what if that was the approach we took is strip it down a lot and really like not so much stripping the music down, but stripping the vocals to where what I did down. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that that took us into a new, a different sort of territory as well that like made it vastly different. Um, uh, because like he said, uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy could, we, we kind of joked that, uh, in the, in the band that Jeremy was very much a, uh, uh, kind of a, like Louisville's Keith Buckley. He's like this like handsome dude that could sing and scream and wrote like interesting lyrics. The guy was um, incredibly handsome, stupid handsome. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then and then when uh, when he left the band, uh, we were like, man, what are we gonna do? Like, we're not gonna be able to find someone to do that. And then I was like, I was like, well, what about like what about Beanie? So I just called him when they said, hey, what are you doing? And he was like smoking a cigar, sitting on a porch. I was like, why don't you come down and hang out? So he came down and hung out, and he. I think I get, it was a day's notice. He came down and he had like some kind of ideas of lyrics and some kind of like kind of melodies. And then he, the big thing, he had questions about, hey, what are you all doing here or why are you all doing that? And we were like, oh, this is the fucking, this is the dude. You know, because he, he, he did his homework with like, a, it was a day or two notice at, at the best. Well, I, was, I was into your, I had booked you all at the Magbar before. I really yeah, was. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I, was, I was a fan already. So it was one of those things that like, when I got a chance, I did the homework with the songs that you had sent me and listened to the stuff that Jeremy had recorded. And I really liked them, but it was just like, hey, what if we did this instead? That way it was, you know, anytime singers change in a band, it's always this completely different vibe anyways. And no one wants to hear something that somebody else has done before, especially done badly by a guy that looks like me. So yeah. like, oh, it was like, on, why don't you do something? Oh no, I'm not an attractive man. It's okay. <laughs> like, but it's definitely one of those things where it was like, I remember going to that that tryout and 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 doing it, and you know, I felt okay about it, and I felt good, and I remember like I tell what I tell the story, and this might not be true, and Josh jump in, call me a liar, whatever. But it was one of those things where like we're getting ready to leave, and I'm like, man, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. If it's something you want to do. Um, uh, you know, give me a call. I'd, I'd, I'd be into it. And Josh was kind of like, so you, you don't want to do it. I was like, well, absolutely. I want to do it. And it, it just went from there. We, we started meeting like every Sunday that we could. And it, it just, it turned into, it, it, I love it. Like it turned into this awesome thing that I'm very proud of. Yeah. I think that, uh, I don't, you know, Chris and Jeremy aren't, are, uh, uh, Jeremy Wilczek, our, our drummer, they're not here uh, right now, but like, I think uh, while we were doing that, that we were running through those couple songs that you had stuff to, like we were all kind of looking at each other. And like, I think we knew, you know, second or third run through some of those songs. Where we were like, all right, this like, like a this changed everything, and B this is the guy. Like, I'm I'm not even interested in like like entertaining anyone else at this point because no one's gonna do that because we we always we we always um, teetered on like, are we gonna go like a more melodic sound? 
are we going to go more commercial sound? Or are we going to go a heavier, you know, again, more unhinged sound? And then, and then when, when Beanie, when we heard Beanie's voice with the band, we were like, well, I guess we're doing this then. Like this is, this is how it, <laughs> this fits with, this fits with what we're playing and this fits with what we want to do. And it, it answered the questions that we, we had. Man, so, and, and honestly, just in that first month, and this is my observation, this is, you know, you, I might be wrong. There's a really good chance of that most of the time, but like, everyone seemed to loosen up even that first like month or so we practiced everybody was very tight on like okay let's do this let's approach it this way and then all of a sudden it was like i don't expect anything to be perfect and everybody was kind of like well none of us do so everyone loosened up and it actually felt like and i know a lot of these things were pre-existing but it felt like things started coming together quicker yeah i think yeah the, the stuff that we we had been working on prior to being being in the band definitely uh ramped up quicker than the other stuff did and maybe because um we weren't trying to shoehorn into like this, this all has to be perfect this we have to get all these we get all these notes in there exactly the right way and you know like all that kind of stuff it i think we we all did kind of go all right well you know we can we can just play and be heavy and have fun and uh we'll see what happens and then i think nearly immediately uh we started getting a much bigger response from uh, from the crowd, and if you see any video from us playing, uh, some of our favorite things are when people turn the cameras on the crowd, and you see the like the look of confusion and like <laughs> terror, maybe in some of the. Terror is good. I like it. There, there, we played one a of huge, my favorites. Huge room, and there was a lot of people there. It wasn't like it was a sparsely populated thing, but to watch us play, it looks like we're playing by ourselves in this like big community center. But then they'll pan the camera around and everyone is legitimately pressed against the wall. Like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think there's yeah. a, a level of uh, comfortability that comes with stuff like that. Uh, when you can all not bullshit each other with, yeah. you know, we're instead of trying to impress one another, uh, I think it's more of a more of a brotherhood aspect of saying, Hey, you know, that's really cool. Let's keep doing that. Man, and then, as the new guy in the band, it was really one of those things where they made me feel welcome. And like, uh, like not to sound corny, but I fell in love with these dudes immediately. Like I didn't know, I knew Josh already and we'd had even limited. We were always glad to see each other, but like Chris and Jeremy, it was one of those things where immediately it was just like, we all wanted the same thing and we were all totally down to do what it took to, it's the same thing. Right. Yeah, this thing clicked really quickly that way. Um, that uh, it just like it's really odd that like we uh, uh you were all we're all dads, we're all different ages, but uh but we all have a very similar sense of humor and it's a very um a very peculiar, it's it's dark and self deprecating, but not like it's not a woe with me or not like a not like a mean spirited dark I don't know how to like it's it's a very it's a very peculiar um a that not a lot of people get, and we and we all four of us kind of get each other with that because it is it's a strange strange way to to like be, I guess. Well, I, I feel like all the all the bad stuff that we feel gets gets filtered into the actual song, so yeah. <laughs> we don't have if, if we're if we're doing it right and concentrated into that, we don't necessarily have much left over for each other. Yeah. If you could have written any song or album from another band, what would it be? Oh God. Who? Any song or album 
I will I will go I will go genre specific and go something closer to what we sound like. And I think Beanie will this might be his his answer if we're going He's absolutely gonna say it. I getting close it. to home is and it's gonna be Jane Doe. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like I I I'm embarrassed that that's like I feel like I'm telling on myself that anybody who listens to Jane Doe and then listens to us is like that guy's ripping them off. And eh, a little bit, yeah. Well but, you know, we've <laughs> they got enough money they can afford it. <laughs> like, we all love we all love Converge and we all love that album and we we've gotten a, more than one comment that like oh you guys sound kind of like Converge or I heard uh we're Kentucky Fried Converge and I was like well I don't <laughs> think we're not ripping them off of that blatantly but you de- we're in that wheelhouse we especially Chris's guitar playing is very close to uh uh to Kurt's uh playing and then I think specifically my bass sound is a is very like. If you hear me play, if you hear the stuff on the record, you hear hear us live. You hear you hear Nate, you hear Nick Steenman, you hear Josh Newton. Like like we have a similar sound. We're all ripping off Brian Cook. That's fair. You know, like that's uh, fair. the other album might be We Came as Romans. Like that's probably our other like universally four of us. I would have gone with uh, American Nervosa, but yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> So why music for you guys? It's been, since I was a kid, it was the one thing that I could relate to other people with. Um, I've been doing bands, God, since I was 18. I, I played in a hardcore band in the 90s that had limited success here in town, or in Louisville, that was in Union. And then I've been like, I've been playing weird instrumental space rock stuff for really the past probably 20 years. And so this was a, this was a really comfortable way to go back to the things that I love as far as yeah. like the hardcore scene and playing like heavy music as opposed, I mean, we were, I was feeling kind of heavy bands, but they weren't not like this. <laughs> yeah. Similarly, like I, I, uh, I grew up, uh, was going to punk rock shows. My best friend's older brother was four years older than us. So when he was 16 and we were 11 and 12, his parents would take off for the weekend and say, you got to watch, you know, the boys. And he would take us. I saw, I saw King horse when I was like 11 years old, the first oh, show, wow. first time I ever saw in a band live. I saw fucking King Horse. Wow! And that gets that ninja. And you know, did you wear a helmet? uh, No, no. He actually at one point I remember him. It was it was upstairs at at Louisville Gardens, and I remember him standing about five feet off of the stage, standing on top of people, hitting people with a microphone. Oh yeah, yeah. Like just actually just fighting the crowd, and I was like, this is what I want to do. I was so excited to find out that that guy was from the same end of town in the same neighborhood that I was, Sean Garrison, who's, yeah. he's, 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 he's a completely awesome dude. He gets a bad rap on sometimes because he is just surgically blunt. Just, I mean, there's no way around it. And he's been one of those people that really got me interested. I'm pretty sure the first band I was ever in, we were just ripping off King Horse. So. Yeah. I mean, when I say I'm not, sure. I mean, we absolutely. Not a bad, not a bad band to rip off. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, I'd love to have some members of that on the show eventually. You know? That might be an undertaking, like that. Like that, yeah. That's a tough one. In the right mood, you, you you could get him, but other other nights, no. And then the Caillou, I think, is kind of over it. I think I would. Re- I think I would have more luck getting uh, the Beatles back together. Sometimes, <laughs> well, at least two of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what inspires your uh, you to write music? Um, you know, for, for me, I, I guess going back to why we play music, I, uh, I grew up, um, wanting to be, wanting to be a music teacher. So I, uh, I play a bunch of instruments, uh, proficiently. Um, and part of that is, um, 
I always like I, I hate to sound like this sounds very like like artisty and and very silly, but uh, I hear rhythm and and notes. I I I hear like the hum of the air conditioner in my bedroom right now. I hear I can hear that note. I know what note that is. And when cars drive by me, I can hear the suspension makes a rhythm. Like and so I constantly hear it. And this is a way for me to kind of get it out. And I'm not talking like in a Tom Malero, like West Borland, like Jimi Hendrix. Like I got to make these noises with, with my instrument. It's that, like I hear the stuff and I'm like, man, like, like how, do, how is he doing that? What is like, what, why is that note resonating? Like, why is that doing that? Why I come from it from maybe a scientific standpoint. Like I want to deconstruct stuff and it, it's a never ending um, fight to kind of, and the more I do it, the more, uh, the more it lets me relax because I can't like, like, you know, go get a massage and they play like, like pretty music or whatever. I can't do that because in my head I'm going, what key is that in? What, what's the tempo? Why are they, why are they put that incidental in that, in that song right there? Why is there not like a two step, uh, uh, let down on there? Why are they only going half steps? Like I, that's my head all the time. Every time I hear anything that could be considered musical, including the hum of a, of an engine or something. Um, so that's why I write to try to kind of calm my brain, like to get it out of my brain um, so I can rest. I think my answer would just be therapy is really expensive. Yeah. So that's the short answer. Yes. Much cheaper. Very much. Very much. I can relate to both of those, actually. Uh, therapy is expensive. This helps helps you get it out. Um and I think there's an ultimate, uh, I don't want to say necessarily like a birthing process of writing music, but there's definitely something out there that, you know, makes you, I don't know, makes you kind of feel vulnerable around people sometimes. And and, it, and, it's, and it's a cleansing. That Maybe that's the word I'm looking for, is a cleansing. Yeah, I, I would say d- definitely the live performance aspect, especially of this band, is like we, we use an ungodly amount of equipment and it's heavy and we're wore out after the show. And it's 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 multiplied by exponentially by the fact that like like there's such a cathartic like release of just of of emotional energy when we play that after we're done it's like man like that was like that was something um, man, that was awesome now let's load up 800 pounds of equipment right. well, there's way more than 800 pounds <laughs> oh yeah 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 the uh, the cathartic release after the show. I definitely get that. And speaking of shows, speaking of live performance, um, do you have a favorite uh, city or venue? I don't know your tour, uh, if you've been on tour, uh, this band or previous bands, whatever. Uh, but do you have a favorite uh, city and or venue you would like you like to play? Um, you know, I I I do. Like, with this band, we've only we've only played out of town. Uh, I think just once. And we played uh, with our like brother band up in uh, Elkhart, Indiana, and that that was a great time. Personally, for me, I think my favorite venue I've ever played. Uh, there are two. One would be the Fireside Bowl uh, up in Chicago, wow. and then the other one would be in I don't remember the name of this place. And Beanie, maybe you guys played there when you you were in Union. There's this weird little barbecue place in like High Point, North Carolina. We played with like Brothers Keeper and Code Seven and somebody else. Oh, like I don't think so. I don't think we ever made it there. Uh, but it was this rad little like barbecue place, and, and uh, yeah, we we played there with a uh, with with a uh, Code Seven and uh, and Brothers Keeper in like '97 or '98, and uh, I just remember like Code Seven uh, was this hardcore band from down there, 
and they played a cover of Boys of Summer. And when they did that, you could not hear the PA from like 300 kids like screaming along to the song. And it That's was hysterical. such an amazing like like show of like of solidarity or like community in like in High Point, North Carolina. Like where the fuck is that even at? I couldn't even I didn't I know I know it's in North Carolina, that's all I know. We played there. Um but it was just so amazing. I think maybe it was it was the people that were there that made it special. But uh, yeah, Fireside Bowl was was awesome. We played, we played there a couple of times. We played uh the what's it called the Villa Alsa Roba or whatever in Columbus a couple of times uh, in previous bands. Um, that was a really really neat place to play. I used to live in Columbus, so like we I played around there a bit as well. Nice. I guess in the context of this band, like, and and it's it's past my era on that, but with us playing at the Mag Bar only because our stupid lights come through better than anything. Yeah, like, that, that is a good play. Yeah. It's this, we can completely black it out. Everything's dark. And as soon as we hit those, I remember we played Dead Fest last year and I knew we had sort of arrived with at least having like some fans or at least, let's, instead of fans, let's say people that had seen us before. Because we're going pitch black, we've got like a sample playing, all of a sudden the music kicks in and the lights come up, and I look up and there's probably a dozen people who have sunglasses on, who knew what to expect when we were playing indoors because of our incredibly stupid lights. Yeah, about the fifth row back, all the guys from Stagecoach all had sunglasses on with their arms crawled, like just watching us. All I could do is my, my... my beautiful little girlfriend sitting back there with her sunglasses on, and that's when I knew it was going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was that that same show actually is one of my favorite moments because there's a video that I think Jared Wright took from the stairs right there, and when we bring those lights on, some girl throws her hands up and spins around and basically runs away from us. <laughs> and that's what like, like, there we go. That's what we. That's, that's what we wanted. And that's the hell you say in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, the, we'll, uh, we'll definitely try to get a link to that video on oh, it's, on, yeah, on it's a post. Um, <laughs> so, on the flip side of the the performance question is, uh, we've got your favorite place you would like you like to play city and or state or and or venue. It, is there a concert from days gone past, like major event concert that you would like to have played that you never got a chance to? Um. We I would like to have done a This Is Hardcore, which, I mean, that still, that still goes on when the apocalypse is over, but that was always one of the ones that I regretted not being able to get on. Yeah, This Is Hardcore. I, I would have always liked to play um, uh, Warp Tour. I just think it would be yeah. fun just to, like, just to be with that many with that many bands, you know, like just like, like a, a giant like rolling pirate ship of like 30 bands, I think would have been fun. Any of those big festivals like that, I think would like, love like to. heroin, it would be fun as well. I haven't been to it, but uh, uh, the Psycho Vegas too. Oh that yeah, old, that, old thing. that looks like such a good time. Yeah, our our buddies in the Hookers played that a few years back, and that was like oh, a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. You know what? I did not know that. Yeah, they they played like the pool party for the oh, opening okay. of Psycho Vegas. Oh yeah, I forgot and about uh, that. and the dude uh, from the dude from Dexter hung out with them backstage, and like like my, my like Doug has pictures of them hanging out with like. Dexter in like a in like the hookers t-shirt like nice. backstage in Michael yeah, Vegas. I would like to imagine that on his rider he said that he had to meet hookers and he got stuck doing that and was just like oh this is a bummer <laughs> yeah that, that would be that would be amazing it was like like here 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 are the hookers and it's like 
Yeah. It's like fucking Doug Walker. And it's the rock and roll outlaw. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Love those guys. Total, total awesome dudes. Uh, Any chance to get it, anytime we get a chance to talk about them, I'm, I'm, I'm there. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, So I do like to ask some general questions as well. Uh, because you know, I was never in the military. What's that? I was never in the military, so I don't know a lot about generals. Oh, I see what you mean. Stop it. Uh, no, because you know, we're all people, we're all trying, we're all struggling through the same shit right now. You know, um, do you have a favorite film? Oh, wow, a film or a movie. Well, I I always like to say film because I I appreciate the art form of Yeah, no, no, I'm teasing. I know. <laughs> Trying to uh, get all philosophical here because you know, this is a this is a deep radio program. No, no, no it's not. <laughs> Do we need to start using our public broadcast voices? Yes. Um my particular favorite film. You know, that's a hard question because there's so many movies that like like there's like you said, there's a lot that I can appreciate the art of and the whole like photography, everything that goes into it. But then there's some a lot of movies that are just dumb fun that are a blast to see. I think the thing that splits the middle ground with those, and it's probably my favorite director too, even though he's kind of a dick, is I'm gonna go with Time Bandits. I think Time Bandits might be my favorite movie ever made. <laughs> right on. Huh? That's where you go, Josh. Huh. Huh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm surprised. I I, I was expecting either something really deep with you, or you were gonna say like Ace Ventura two. Like you know that I was I was expecting credit for. Yeah, I was expecting something like um for for me the Fisher King too. How it's a tie between the Fisher King and Time Bandits. How about that? Well, okay, that's 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 better. I, I approve that answer. Okay, um, um, I've kind of got two as well, and one is is kind of my like artsy like like this is what people expect to hear but it is one of my favorite movies and the other one is vastly different um seven seven samurai i think is one of the best movies ever made where god i was going to say is it kurosawa it, it actually is <laughs> actually so that's a magnificent movie and if, i think i think that's definitely on my list as um, well. yeah I, I saw that in high school i took japanese in high school and part of our curriculum was like japanese culture and one of the things was we watched a lot of japanese television and movies and I saw that, you know, probably my junior high school, maybe still high school, and I was completely blown away by the story and the cinematography and everything uh, that was in it. And it's always kind of stayed with me. Can I change you know? my answer? <laughs> <laughs> sure. And it's like, uh, ditto on Josh. It really, yeah. <laughs> so the, the other one, be, because um, um, I like dark stuff, I like stuff that I don't like. I don't like when movies tie everything up and everything's happy lucky in the end. Uh, my, my go-to uh, favorite movie lately, people have been asking me, is uh, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, wow, yeah. That's a good but one. I, like, I, every time I watch that movie, I feel, this guy's hokey to say, I feel profoundly different when I'm finished watching that movie. Um, and I think it's because of, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, addiction, like, uh, triggers in there. There's a lot of depression triggers in there. And it makes me, like, feel like even though I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't even drink. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not like suicidal, but like, I, like something about that movie like goes like, oh, well, I'm not the only one that's dealing with dark shit in their life. Right. Um, so it makes me feel, it makes me feel better to see that. So like, oh, dude, that that dude's way more messed up than I am. 
and you know, knowing that it, it's pseudo autobiographical as well, like you know, it makes it um makes it better or worse. I don't know which way you would take that, but um, yeah, just I those two are definitely my my tops. Right on. So we've yeah. got Time Bandits, Solid. and <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite food? Well, as a large land dwelling mammal, all food <laughs> is my favorite food. Um, accessible. That's my favorite food. Accessible food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I really, I mean, I don't, I don't, I really don't think I do. Like, you know, I, I love a, you know, simple good taco or piece of pizza is pretty rad. You know, I don't, I don't have to have, you know, duck confit and caprese salad. You know, it's, it's not a, I'm a pretty simple dude. Like, but it, you know, anything really like i'll i'm pretty eclectic in my my food taste personally you know uh this is interesting because i was just talking with somebody over the uh over the weekend about having uh like uh poutine when you said duck confit it made me think about mm-hmm. it because oh, yeah. it's pretty much you know the poutine's magnificent. what's that poutine's magnificent yeah i've, I've never yeah. had it and i'm just like gosh i really want to try that <laughs> I was, I was merching for Elliot, and they played shows in Canada, and we went to a diner, and I made fun of it aggressively for the first half hour, and then spent the next hour and a half eating as much of it as possible. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's that's usually how it goes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, pizza typically is a, is the number one answer on that. Well, the, uh, I was I was in the middle of, of uh, if I was trying to impress you, I guess I would say sushi. It's probably my favorite food, but followed close behind by my mom's like bullshit Campbell's soup chicken and rice recipe is pretty awesome too. Those are my favorite foods. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think I think pizza is a it's kind of a go to for a lot of people because like pizza, like like a, a buddy of mine once said that like pizza's like sex, even when it's bad, it's still kind of good, and that's kind of always held. Like even like, like you know you can go to like you know like one of these fancy pizza places around town and get an amazing you know like. $50 piece of pie and be amazing. But then like a $5.99 Domino's medium pizza with like some pepperoni and banana peppers, still pretty damn good. Well, let me make an argument for Little Caesars because it is both hot and ready. That, that, is, that is true. And they they were way ahead of the game of of a no no touch uh, oh, yeah. with, with a little like vending machine thing. I wish oh, they yeah. would just put signs up that says, we don't want to talk to you, just get your fucking pizza. <laughs> I, I mean, that's a, that's a sentiment of Little Caesars if it's not their slogan. But like, it's just a, yeah, welcome to Little Caesars. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, basically. Pizza, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that every time I've ever tasted Pizza Hut, I think that's been it's like, man, these people hate me. Why did they give me this? <laughs> No, that's just the uh, that's just the pizza. <laughs> it, the only time I ever went to Pizza Hut and enjoyed it, I'm pretty sure I was probably like eight years old, and they had to sit down like centipede game, and that was why I liked going there. Uh, you probably had like the uh, the little uh, free pizza cube, free pan pizza coupon too for the. I read a, I read a lot for pan pizzas, man. Like yep. I read as many. I think that's only why I'm half as smart as I am. Is like. Because I read so many books to get the free fucking pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. That's probably a thing of the past. They probably don't do that anymore. 
Does Pizza Hut? Oh, Pizza Hut still exists. No, not, not, of... not that they don't have Pizza Hut, but they're reading for pizza. Yeah, I don't know. What I the don't know. Maybe that's an idea who's like, we brought back everything else in 2020. Like we've got the plague again, and like <laughs> Nazi burning. Why not? Why not reading for pizza? Like that seems a very benign thing to have return. <laughs> right. Well, we brought, brought the plague back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um. You know, being a musician, it always comes with trials and tribulations and just playing out chicanery. Uh, do you have any favorite Spinal Tap moments? Shit. Uh, they're all Spinal but, Tap. Yeah, we, we, we are Spinal Tap. Like it's, uh, <laughs> every, every band, band is Spinal in, Tap. Yeah, I feel like every band has those moments. Um, I mean, I think oh, most, most of the, the hell you say uh, moments are like, like again, like we play with a, we play with too much equipment. It's just it's it's dumb with the it's amount so of equipment. So every time it's like it's like the worst game of Tetris ever to be like, how do we get all this stuff in into the van? So then we got a we got a trailer and we realized we fill we're a four person band. We overfill a five by eight trailer like oh, it's yeah. full. You can barely get the door closed. The fifth well, member of my band is hearing damage. Yeah. <laughs> Like we we talked about handing on earplugs and sunglasses before we play, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, that's a big one. I think like um, uh, you know, my younger days, obviously, you know, the just the the ridiculousness of of playing shows and like just being like entirely too inebriated to even remember, but there being like pictures of the shows. But like, oh, I guess I played that show. Yeah, you know? well, like it's hard to watch videos because it's one of those things where I I like give up any sort of humility to play the show so it's like i just let what happened happens and sometimes to go back and look at that it's just like oh god look at yourself <laughs> and we we bought the 30 we bought the 30 millimeter tall stonehenge and when we got it <laughs> we didn't realize how big 30 millimeters really was right <laughs> uh, every show i'm trapped in the pod Oh. Yeah, you know that actually happened to me at a show. Not the pod thing, but it was it was the it was just out of that film. And I had a guitar player, and he was playing on on his amp and everything. And we we had breaks in the song, you know, where there was nothing going on, and it would never cease to fail that his guitar would never work on the parts that it should have worked, but it would always screw up when it was supposed to be a break in the song and you'd hear this <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I had a uh, I had a channel selector that had a short in it that if you stepped on the wire in the right spot, it would it would change channels. And oh, wow. uh, that was that took a long that took a longer time to diagnose than it should have for me. Oh yeah. There's a long time of like like what? Oh, why is it doing this? Like, God damn it. Like, why stop? Like, what's it doing? And then like, like one day I happened to notice that I stepped on the cable and it changed channels. I was like, Oh, it's the channel selector that's doing that. You know, a year and a half after it started happening. Right. Oh, the, well, the first show we played, like our guitar player, Chris, I wish he was here. So he would back me on this story. He has this just like methodical surgical approach to like his sound and the equipment he uses and everything's laid out perfectly. And it's just this, like, it, it's no accident. It's brilliant. 
so our very first show that we're playing with me as the singer, it's like, man, let's 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 have a lot of fun. Okay, let's go. And like two minutes, not even two minutes, ten seconds into the first song, I just stomp on his pedal board and blow up like just what was this tuner or something something that absolutely <laughs> had to have. And it was one of those just like, hey, thanks for letting me in the band. Hope <laughs> this is great for you. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's become a, a a mantra in the band as well. That constantly because. Because we're we're loud and crazy and st- we we're always breaking stuff. Um, and specifically, microphones are uh, oh, are an endangered species in in around our band. Um, and as it's funny to watch Beanie play because he doesn't realize how much he abuses them. <laughs> like uh, we played, I think I, I want to say it was Louisville's Dead Fest last year that he ripped the the threads off of the windscreen of the microphone. Yeah, like just like uh, ripped the, basically, basically ripped the microphone in half, and then we handed it to the sound guy. I was like, "Sorry," and then the sound guy was just like, "Ugh," <laughs> and put the microphone in and handed it back to him. I, I, I absolutely, um, it's still on the Magbar Instagram where I was just like, "Man," I, they're like, "You touched down spikes the mic," and I was like, "No, I didn't. That's ridiculous. I would never do that." And they kept oh, yeah, yeah. absolute moment of me just winding back and throwing this thing straight into the ground. And it was like. <laughs> No, that that can't be me. There's no way. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you Somebody, are you are like six five. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. One of the best compliments I've ever gotten, and I took it as a compliment just because I'm dumb. But this uh, this kid was talking to me after the show and was just like, "Man, I love watching you all play." And it was like, ah, "I can't thank you enough. Thanks a lot." And he goes, "You." He goes. Watching you, it's like you get shot at the first at the beginning of the show, and then it takes you thirty minutes to die. It's oh like, my great. god! That's, that's <laughs> Thanks, kid. <laughs> Threw him a button and tousled his hair, and then got in the limo. You know, like <laughs> through your through your mean Joe Green jersey to him. <laughs> I did. Hey, kid. Thanks. <laughs> It's, it's ridiculous. It's like you get shot at the beginning of the show. <laughs> it's unfair. I've seen videos. It's fair, I guess. <laughs> right, but it's just like... <laughs> Little does he know that Josh is, is like... I would imagine Josh is like, okay, all my stuff's plugged in, my amps are on, I'm in tune. Let's bust Beanie's head open with his headstock. Like, I'll, I'll get him this time. <laughs> it just turns into well, this Gary. There, there's video of that too, where like you see your hair stands up as my headstock goes flying by. So I miss you <laughs> by millimeters. And and my wife after that show was like, "You almost killed me." And it's like, "No, nah, we weren't that close." And you see the video, you're like, "Oh Jesus!" Like, yeah, like I, that was that was almost bad. I hate to break the fourth wall, but for anybody who's listening to this, I want you all to appreciate the amount of choreography that goes into that. Like we practice this stuff, like. Like full pads, you know the whole thing. Sometimes two days, and we we just we want people to be entertained. <laughs> you know, um, you you've been either been or played at Union Station. Yes, yes. I know uh, a bass player who is probably about maybe five seven, five eight. Uh, not me, by the way, because that's about my height, and I'm a bass player, but it's not me. Uh, hey, we're all bass players here. Let's just let's <laughs> right. talk. talk freely. Even the dog. Hey, he's even a bass player. 
Right, probably better than me. No. Well, now that I know we're all among bass players, I'm going to go ahead and take my shirt off. There you go. Uh, ah, I can't do that on stage better. anymore. Um, but no, he uh, he did the, the guitar whip and smacked the uh, singer in the face. But he tried it at Union Station, which uh, anybody who's ever been there, as you're on stage, you know there's a drop ceiling. Oh, yeah. wow. So not only did he smack the singer in the face with the headstock, once it skated off of the singer's face, it got stuck in the ceiling. Yeah, see, I'd love to have seen that. That's good. Time. That's perfect. I will. I know there are pictures of it. And That's I a will, win. And I will try and find them. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like, I'm not even mad. I'm, I'm impressed, actually. <laughs> And and then and the thing that Beanie said, now let's take all of our shirts off. I think he was actually not wearing a shirt when that happened. Well, you know, <laughs> it goes with the territory. So I t- like, go as ahead. Entertaining that would be. I would love to have seen the aftermath of where he just has to kind of stand there for a second and take his face out of the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it was stuck. It took several pulls. Like, <laughs> yeah, it did, actually. I, I hope there was like a popping sound. You know, like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he was relieved of his duties after that show, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. see, that's, you'd have got your uh, The Hell You Say badge on that one. Right? You got to put that on your God, that's been so long ago. That's been like eight, eight or nine years ago at this point. Um, so I have one more question, but before I ask it, I always uh, want to say, are there any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, guys on the North Colt have been real good to us. They're kind yeah, of our brothers. That was the first thing on my brain. Those guys, those guys have been nothing but sweethearts to us since we met. And I think you all have known them longer than me and they've been nothing but good to us. And I know they've had some rough times and they deserve, Nothing but good things. Yeah, them and you know, um, and the other the other guys that we you know that we're we're tight with you know the other bands and Stagecoach and Bat Wizard. Yeah, you know, all, all of dudes are, are stand are stand up dudes and like the, the Bowels guys. Yeah, the uh, Bowels guys come out as, as as silly as it sounds to say this out loud, and they'll know who I'm talking about if they listen to it. The Lutang Clan, the all the guys that we did a a, a show earlier. Uh, last year or late last year where we covered the Mastodon record all the, or Leviathan all the way through all those dudes and that's a lot of mix of, of the p- bands we've already said but definitely those are all good bros definitely uh, dude, she all those guys and she are fucking mad. yeah I can't believe I forgot she uh, yeah Bob Bob has been nothing but but awesome Bob's, to us Bob's the champion Bob yeah. is one of those like he's a he is a treasure uh yeah, man, there's so many. Like, I, I know we're gonna leave a lot of people out. And I don't want them to think that it's not what they're thinking of. It. We're just on the spot. That's all. you know, we we should have changed this to a, who do we not want to think? Yeah, really, Blake. Blake, Blake would be high <laughs> on the list. Um, every sound guy of every show we've ever played, basically, like, is kind of a. We we are the bane of of every sound guy. Yeah. Uh, well, the the one I won't say where it was, but the one we had to have a very like this place had built a stage and it was a stage in in uh, this is how I tell the story. So I had this tiny stage where a drum set wouldn't even fit on it, and it was just like, hey man, Josh actually approached him. And Josh could be blunt, but he, he you know he 
usually knows what he's talking about. He goes up to the kid and was just like, hey, uh, you know, you should probably move this. We're not exactly, you know, we're not going to use it. And it's probably going to be more of a liability. And the kid got kind of like, hey, come on, you know, we have the stage. We put it here. We want you to use it. And it was like, uh, you know, Josh kind of argued with him back and forth and finally ended in a, well, fine, leave it. That's fine. Well, I was lucky enough to wind up close to him and I hear him talking. And this uh, one kid goes up to the guy at the venue and was like, have you seen the hell you say play? And it was like, no. He goes, you should really move that stage. Like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to be good. And the kid still was kind of like, ah, no, no, no. I see them, like, on the phone, and we, we start setting up. And I think he finally starts, like, seeing us all together. We're me and Josh, like, we're an imposing pair just standing next to each other. We're, we're some big old boys, you know, like, like it's, it's hard not to. And, like, we're sort of tuning up, and you can see, like, the venue owner and his his minions running over and getting that stage the fuck out of the way as fast as possible because <laughs> he he realized that this was not going to end well. Yeah, and, and that like that uh, uh another to go along with that like I, I think I I want to say that it was Beanie like uh, with the the Blake thing like like Beanie was like why is it every time you talk to a sound guy it sounds like a hostage negotiation? It really does. <laughs> it's like, look, you do this and no one gets killed. You do this, <laughs> and, 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 they're, and they're usually like genuine. No, really, like this is a we we're, we here at the Hell You Say are all about safety. Like we want people to be okay. <laughs> yeah, and then like that, like the in that in that instance, that, that guy didn't didn't listen to us. Cut to like first note of the song. Beanie puts his foot up on the monitor. Monitor was flying out off the stage into the crowd. Guy puts it back on on the on there. I spin I spin around. I slide backwards like a slip. I hit that same monitor. It goes flying back into the crowd. You know, it happened like four times before. I think the guitar player from Controvert just takes the monitor himself and just leaves with it. That was really the best best possible reaction. He did. Yeah. Like, like after like the third time, the dudes in Controvert were like, "All right," because we were because like I, we're we're loud. I was like, "All right," like mic the drums, uh, turn the drum monitor all the way up, turn the lights all the way off. That's all we need. And the guy was like, are you sure? Like, this is a big PA. He's like, trust me. You know, like, and then we started rolling stuff out, and he was like, oh, God. And then he started setting monitors up. We are like, we don't need those. Those are just going to get – those are going to get hurt. You're, you just don't, like – trust us. We've done this before. And he just wouldn't listen to us. And it's kind of like one of those, like, like, all right, man. Like, you you asked for it. Like, like I'm going to – I'm not going to – I'm not going to try to damage your stuff. But I yeah. have to move no, it because – We're never trying to break anything. That's right. not – you know, we have more respect than that. Like these, these stories are funny and everything, but it's usually after the fact. And it, we really do like, you know, emotions are high when we play. These songs are important to us, and they're 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 not friendly subjects. They're not things that like, you know, we talk about with everyone. Yeah, they're not bubblegum pop songs. Yeah, yeah. That, my K-pop is not as strong as some. <laughs> and it, it's definitely one of those things that, like, you know, shit happens when you get people, especially for people who are as excited about doing what we do, like, together, it's it's going to get wild. Right. Definitely. And I'm a give the people what they want. And what? And I believe in giving the people what they want. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's what matters, you know. Playing music, that's what matters, I think. Um, so, tell everybody how to get a hold of you guys as well. Uh, to see Gosh, book shows, uh, whatever, uh, buy albums. Where can they do yeah, that? Yeah, um, you know, uh, Bandcamp, you know, the hell you say, um, Bandcamp, uh, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the social media platforms. 
you can you know on the face faces all that kind of stuff we're we're on everything basically um we you know, do appear on Spotify. We're on yeah, yeah, we're on Spotify and Apple. We've got a you know a, a minor distribution deals with through DistroKid, which I think most everyone does at this point. So we're on all the all the streaming platforms, be it Spotify or Tidal or all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, kind of anywhere. Like we, I, I feel like I always hate to like to like say like like you can buy the album, listen to the album, but until you see us live, I think like, the album yeah was well, a representation of a point in time. Everyone that sees us live is like, oh, well, that's that's that makes sense now, you know, because because in the studio we, were, we write and record these songs and like they're cathartic and everything, and then it's much more intense when you get when you get the the sight and the sound and the just immense uh, the immensity of of the volume that we play at. I think is a, a part of it. Uh, Bob from She actually says that we bathe people in volume, and I've, I've taken that as like my my moniker. If you go through like our facebook or or instagram page there's a bunch of things where people like posted like i think beans or brother posted a picture of us playing it was like i can see i can see how loud josh is in this picture like you know i'm so loud yeah. seen through on a, on a photograph somebody then, had written on a uh, somebody had sent me a picture of something written uh somebody graffitied uh, i'm assuming magbar because it was a sickly green but it just said the hell you say doesn't care about your hearing yeah that's all <laughs> yeah that, that's a pretty good one that is a good one that's really good, actually. So, final question of the night. If heaven or hell exists, what do you want to hear when you arrive where you think you're going? James I mean, Lipton, huh? If Black Sabbath is, is, isn't playing in hell, I'm going to feel awfully cheated. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if heaven or hell exists. I'm, I'm not a, a philosophical person on, on that side of things, um, uh, because it gets, I think it gets awful deep. If heaven or hell exists, I think, um, I think they're gonna. Uh, I've always joked that I have a greased bat pole to hell. Like I'm not on an elevator. I'm not on a escalator. It's like it's someone's somewhere greasing a bat pole for me just to slide down right in there. And I'm I would I'm expecting at this point being in, my, in middle age essentially at this point man I'm old um, that uh that some, <laughs> someone like someone's gonna go so what took so long <laughs> like you know that's kind of what I'm expecting like because I, I feel like at this point like you know um, uh, I don't say that on borrowed time but like you know like all of our heroes as musicians they all die when they're 27 when they're 28 when they're 30 you know I'm well i'm half again past that at this point almost you know it's, it's like man like what you'll notice I'm, i've gotten really quiet yeah i'm I'm not a big rock star like i haven't died yet you know like it's a bummer <laughs> no, I'm, God, I'm tried, so hard. <laughs> tried so hard is what you said me <laughs> guys thank you so much for coming on to the show i really appreciate it i cannot well, wait to Oh, definitely. Uh, it's definitely been my pleasure. Um, is there any shows that you all, uh, I know with the, the quarantine and all that and the uh, social distancing, are there any shows that you all have possibly coming up anytime soon? Um, we have a couple of dates out of town. If we're, if we ought to play again, I think we're playing, uh, uh, we're playing cult fest up in Elkhart, Indiana. Um, on September 12th, I believe. 
and we'll do a couple dates around that touring or you know i think we we talked to, to uh to controvert about playing maybe lafayette that same weekend yeah. or something like that and all of uh, this depends on too like the state of as it is too <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, but yeah i mean that's uh that's that's all we you know we we had a lot of we had a lot of dates planned the spring and the summer that you know they all got canceled. Like it was, we had a pretty full plate. We we joked around when this when this happens. Like, of course, the year that we, that we're going to become a big band is the year that, that the apocalypse happens. Like, oh, that was okay, that yeah. makes perfect sense. I think it directly coincides. Yeah, I Ever there definitely was understand. Band. Yeah, <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. Uh, same thing for for my deal. Yeah, we definitely look forward to playing out when the end of the world's over. Yeah. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe that's what's going to be. Po- no, wait. <laughs> that's the first thing people are going to hear. I mean, we we would not be a bad soundtrack to the end of the world, to be completely honest. Oh, no, no. Depends on, like, it depends on what sort of end of the world you want. You know, if it's going to be fire, brimstone, chaos, man, we're your dudes. Right. If it's a slow decline, though, I'm sticking with neurosis. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, guys, again, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys again. Uh, so what do you guys want to want me to play off the album? Oh, wow. I um I'm gonna go uh, either Merkwood or Righty Tidy would be my two uh, my two bangers. I think I I love everything on the album, but those two are I think the ones that I feel like uh, um really encompass my thought of the band. I was gonna say Merkwood or Cut in Half, but Cut in Half's always my favorite. All right. Well, there's no wrong. There's no wrong answer here. There's no wrong answer. Absolutely. So why don't we end the show with the end of the album with Righty Tidy? Awesome. A good one. Yeah. It it it's very much goes in with uh current social social wrecks. It's a great song about a riot. Yeah. You know, shields up on the boots meet pavement. <laughs> Hell yes. And here it is. This is Righty Tidy from The Hell You Say.
Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out, UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarists and bassists alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com.